Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. Two episodes back-to-back, from producer to being on the show, being a star. There is not a thing on the planet that you don't do. Uh, you're a professional athlete. I don't sing. Okay. I Look, actually, I'm going to correct that. I attempt to sing, and it's not good. Okay. But everything else is is incredible. Like, you and I met because of your production skills. The, and uh, the power of video is so unbelievable. And as a kid, we had a video camera. When it wasn't ours, we borrowed it from a school. My dad was a caretaker at a school. We played with a video camera. I saw the power of video from very early, but it was amazing. And having a conversation with you the other day, we were talking, and you were just spitting so many amazing nuggets, and it was just off the top of your head on how people could change their life if they started to embrace video as opposed to see it as a hindrance or as something that, oh man, it's just another thing that I have to do. But you are helping me to be able to see that. But before that, I want to let the uh, every listener or watcher know that not only do we have a professional athlete in our midst, we have a, uh, uh, an incredible producer. And um, also the, the amount of production that you do taking people's brands and really elevating them to a completely different level. Every person out there needs this in their life, and everybody needs a Clayton uh, in their life, but not everyone has them. And uh, Throughout this episode, what I want to do is I want to help people to be able to understand not only what they need to be able to do with their business, but then how they can find a Clayton in their life, too. So welcome to the show, Mr. Clayton Lane. Thank you. They could just hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly love doing it, Uh, just helping just in general, like production and everything. I've done it my whole life, so doing it for other people, I find joy in it. And I did it for myself for a long period of time. And after I did it for myself for eight years, it kind of got to the point where I was sick of doing that and being in front of the camera. And I found that I love being behind the camera rather than in front of it. So in front of the camera though, this was this was freaky because I saw your skills. If you took your mic towards you a little bit, almost like toward, uh, this way, we'll go, yeah, that'll, that'll work a little bit better. Okay. Um, it freaked me out because you'll generally see someone good at one thing, right? And so you guys came into the studio here, you recorded a podcast, it was amazing, you had the angles, and then when you sent me the clips, I was like, man, I didn't look like that. And the lighting was you perfect. It was it was all these things. You look you did such an incredible job. And then I started searching you. I looked on social and I started seeing flips happen, scooters spinning around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it blew my mind. At first I was like, oh well, he takes video of these professional athletes doing these extreme things. And then I looked closer and I was like, no, that's Clayton. Where did the scootering start? Because most people don't connect a, an adult and a scooter. Right. So let me just take you back. Yeah. So my parents, I grew up out in the country, uh-huh. and I was an only child. Yeah. So I was lucky enough that, you know, instead of the attention being spread around to all these different kids, I was the sole attention. Right? So I had the opportunity to basically So you're try saying you're spoiled. I was spoiled. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I, won't, <laughs> I won't disagree with that. And my parents were great. They loved me. Um, they tried to do everything for me. They both worked full-time jobs. My dad was a, a director, and he did commercials. And so that was what he did full-time. And then my mom's a drug dealer. And so, you know, pharmacist, let me just clarify. So, <laughs> hey, um, we don't judge around here. Right. So my mom was always traveling. My dad's always traveling. So it kind of ended up where, like, when they had the time with like their free time was always just spent with me or we were doing stuff around the house uh we lived on 13 acres so we'd have to like mow the 13 acres it would take all day it took 12 hours to mow the whole pasture and then we had a horse so it's like then that's another aspect so full country lifestyle right um where was this at amarillo texas okay all right which my company ragtown my company ragtown is actually another name for amarillo my dad, that was the company that he had, and he's kind of, he's still doing that, but he handed me that name down, so I kept the name, because it's like a 25-year-old name, yeah. maybe 20, I don't know, and so I was like, I'm going to carry on that that legacy of that name, and that's why it's Ragtown and not something else, you know what I mean? But I'm going to get back to that. So since I was an only child, you know, I 
was able to do karate, soccer, um, track, football. I was able to try everything. And then after I started doing a lot of these different sports, these team sports, I was like, I don't really like it. So I started BMX racing, skateboarding. Um, I started doing, I I wouldn't say gymnastics. I just had a trampoline. So I would just do flips. And then I, at the time I was going to a Christian school uh-huh. And it was clear across town, and I finally convinced my parents to let me go to this other little hip high school that was 12 minutes away rather than 40 minutes away. And I ended up meeting like 52 people that were my age in my neighborhood, this tiny little neighborhood. And we were like almost every house had a kid that was within two years of each other. And so we started doing all this crazy stuff like mountain biking, dirt bikes. Um, we pull each other behind uh, four-wheelers and golf carts on, like, a skateboard deck through a pasture and, like, hit, like, put metal piping on the ground and, like, grind them. Um, you know, we slipped through some cactuses. It was fun. So talk to me, Drew, about the, the connection point between those type of sports, which you're trying the trick for a hundred, a thousand times, you're landing it once. Right. How did that translate into business? Because most people are scared to fail the first time. So So where I was getting is, like, um, at least with pr- like production and doing all these things, which I think I'm kind of continuing my thoughts. So I hope they answer the question. No, you're good. Oh, uh, your question. So I was doing all these different sports every single day, right? Like me and my friends were always bored. There's nothing else to do out in the country. So I found myself doing all and getting good at all these random skills and we'd all, we'd film it. Like, we would film all the crazy stuff we would do. We'd build a dirt jump and film it. So that's kind of where my love for film started happening. Okay. And then I started working with my dad. So it's like, I have all these, I have this large, wide athletic background. You know, like, I played varsity uh, football. I was, like, the kicker. I played soccer. Did track, basketball. And then also did all these different action sports. And so it made my athletic ability a lot better than most because it's like I did all these things at a young age. And so now with that same mindset I've had, because I have ADHD, I'm kind of all over the place, <laughs> it, it, I guess with that, it, I've taken that into business as I don't want to do what other people are doing. And I kind of, in one niche, I want to do a bunch of things okay. because just how I was growing up, it's like I don't just want to skateboard. I don't just want to ride a bike. So now in the production world, for example, it's like I I edit, I film, I like to set lighting up, I like to do the audio, I like to move cords around, like whatever, you know, like whatever I need to do, put me there and I'll enjoy it. What's the difference between a business that has media and production and is it only for a specific type of business or a person or can it be, can it translate to anything? So that's, Another thing as well is I don't want to stay in one industry and I've and like for example I filmed this event at a bar last week and then the a couple days later I filmed a talk show for these guys and then the next day I'm filming a documentary and then we're doing this right now right we're traveling we're gonna go see the location for Secret Knock yeah. all that stuff I, wait uh, can I say that yeah okay. Um, so we're gonna see the. We're just not telling them where knock. Secret Knock is at. Exactly, and it is. No. Yeah. For, well, for, for those of you who don't know what Secret Knock is, it's the greatest networking uh, conference in the world, number one networking conference in the world that you can't go to unless you're invited. And the cool thing is, is your boy over here has the invite. So uh, I became the co-host last year with uh, Dr. Greg Reed, incredible human being. He is. Been sold out for over seventeen, almost twenty years. Uh, Wait, it's dude, been. It's been sold out yeah, for that Yeah, sold out. Like, you can't get a ticket. Wow. And the only way you can get a ticket is if you're invited. And right. there's only a couple of people that can invite. And so, I mean, but it, it, it literally... Have you been to Secret Knock yet? Just off where I came. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. Please don't go home after Secret Knock and try and explain it to your family because you'll get frustrated <laughs> because you'll be like, well, this happened and that happened and this happened and it changed my life and all these things. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't understand what you're talking about. No one does until they go. And then you can't explain it anyway. It is one of the most, like... I believe the most life-changing um, events, uh, and I, I've been around some really cool stuff, had a really cool life, but this one is just unbelievable. So talk to me too about this, about uh, we, were just, we were just going down the, that rabbit hole of 
the production. You're, uh, I love the fact that you're in a niche, right? So you have, a, when I say a niche, a video and production, right? So right. I, right, that's, that's yeah. umbrellas. But I like that you have an umbrella and you're not just like, I film gyms in Scottsdale, right. west of this street, east of this street, and I only do them at five o'clock and, and with people that are 205 pounds to 210 pounds. Because right. I think a lot of times people narrow that part and then they don't see the other opportunities that are happening. No, it's true. And honestly, if I did that, it would drive me crazy. It, it, it really would. And it's like, I also enjoy the fact that, uh, like I was saying, you know, I can film a wedding one day and the next day I'm filming a music video. You know what I mean? And then the next day I'm filming a thing for a crime show. It's like, it's all over the place. So what are the things that you see when you're watching, say it's like social or you're seeing YouTube or whatever it is, what are the little things that a person could change with their video production that would literally make, you know, massive changes for them? Say, when I say this, there's a couple of things for me as far as um, Zoom, like Zoom meetings, okay? So we started doing Zoom meetings 17 years ago. It wasn't on Zoom. Uh, it was on, um, what did we use first? I think we used Skype first, and then we did that oh, one. Yeah. But we, that's how we communicated in our company. So we had a, a, a location in Chicago, and we had one in Vegas, and we had one in Salt Lake. And we would do meetings every single week, but all of them would have to be on film. And one of the biggest things is we taught people was to actually use the camera as the eyes of the person you were looking at, as opposed to looking at the image of the person. And this was massive, so when we did that, for, for the, by the time COVID hit, we had done it for 17 years. And really ahead of the game. So when COVID hit, though, and we were doing online education, people had us do online, the people inside of our company were connecting on a completely different level because they were just using the, the camera as eyeballs. That was one little shift. When you look at video, like when you look at someone's clips or you look at their reels or you look at social media or any of those things, Clayton, what would be a couple of little actionable things that a person could do that literally would change things for them? I think the, at least for me, is not copying someone. Like, what you did is, is its own thing, right? And I think that's really unique. And especially when you're watching a, a video, if someone, for example put a, a bright wood table in the center of a room, put a red cur curtain on one side, and then put a, a LED banner behind them, and then like some stuff in the background with a TV, it's like, who does that look like, you know? And, and everyone, <laughs> I think everyone does. And everyone's it. doing the exact same thing, uh -huh. you know? And I see a lot of clips, and it's like, why don't you just do your own thing? You know, the one thing I really like about doing with uh, with Michael and Blake, I don't want to someone with their names, but... Because um, you don't like them that much. I hate them. Yeah. Despise. It's tough. It's tough. No, it's, it's hard to even be around them. Well, and the, the, I think I think I want to go a sidebar. The connection point between you guys, it comes through in you guys' video production. And right. this is wild for me. I mean, seeing the way that you guys interact, you guys are joking, getting out of the car, and you guys are laughing, and blah, 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 and then you guys come together. There's no wonder why your content is so strong. Yeah. But there's so many people that try and manufacture that stuff. And so let's go to that as far as, let's stay on that road. I mean, I mean authenticity is the number one thing. And a lot of people, especially nowadays, they, because authenticity is a slow growth. That's just what it is. Like, let's be real. You know? yeah. The way that you get clicks is being an asshole. Like, or, or you do something <laughs> that, that pisses everyone off. Yeah. Like, that. that's how you get clicks. But, if you do authenticity, it is a slower grow, but has more longevity. Define that though, because there are so many people that use the word. You've just gotta be authentic, and then they'll give you seven steps on how to be authentic. And it's like, bro, help, help a brother out, <laughs> because if I did what you said, the seven yeah. steps, I really wouldn't be myself anyway. Right. How do you toe that line? Well, I think a lot of people are scared to be themselves in the first place. That's why a lot of people, that's why there's a big follow culture nowadays. Okay. It's like a lot of people don't do their own investigation for anything. They just kind of like, whatever works, they just do it, right? It's like anything that's trending on the internet, people just do it, right? Without even thinking. It's like, oh, it's trending, I'm going to do it. 
And and what's funny is a, a, another side, uh, I shouldn't call it a side project, yeah. really how I, I got a, a big following um, is I created this company called Undialed, which is this logo. Yeah. And it's the largest scooter media page in the world. You know, and we, we grew a large following because we did not follow trends and every YouTube video we made <laughs> was completely different than the next. We had no, no like trajectory, we didn't only do vlogs or just tutorials. It's like, we just jumped around because that's what we enjoyed doing. And there was, um, I forget his name, but he, he always, he's the guy always behind the scenes of like the big musicians. He worked, he literally, he's not a musician at all, oh, doesn't play Rick an instrument. Rubin? Yes. Yeah, Big Beard? There's a clip of him, Big yeah. Beard, exactly. There's a clip of him, and I actually saw it this morning on the way here, and I'm, I might butcher what he said, but he says that the reason why he thinks that all of his songs do well, because almost every single one of his songs are a big hit. Yeah. He thinks that the reason for that is because he's doing it for him. Mm not he's not doing it to please someone he's doing it for him and the audience that's what they are going to end up end up enjoying right so that really stuck to me too i was like that is a like i already knew that but and then he brings up the point is like why are movies so bad nowadays like a lot of movies are terrible because they're trying to fit the audience and make something that the audience is going to like not what the director or the producer actually likes wow how do you like? How do you deal with or reconcile it though? When, say, you do something which you've done in the past, and I mean, you're the, the work that you do is phenomenal. I know that you're you just work with. Well, it's it's incredible, man. I mean, the work that you're doing with uh, um, uh, Janisha, yeah, Adams Gignard, love her. Uh, She's phenomenal. awesome. Black, uh, you know, on Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, just at South um, Park. It's just was on South Park. All these things. You're doing these projects, and the common denominator is they—they all are just really cool. Yeah. Like, but how do you reconcile when you're doing something, as you say, authentic? I guess authentic maybe, is a bad word nowadays. Well, it's just—it's—it's over—it's overused. Yeah. But I like your where you were going with it. But how do you reconcile that when you see a lot of times people maybe jump to the front of the line? Because they just followed something, right? They followed a algorithm. They follow whatever, and here you are doing what you love, what you're passionate about, but maybe it's not getting the traction at the speed that you want. Does how do you, how do you reconcile that in your mind? Um, don't give up. Because here's here's the problem. I, there's there's people that I've worked with, and I start helping them make content. And after three months, they're they're done because it doesn't get the turnaround that they that they want. It's also because they want to just follow the trends and do what's trending. I'm like, okay, like take the wheel. Like, I'll, you're paying me, I'll do it for you. But this is my advice to not do this. Let's do something different. No, no, no. Whatever. Then they always quit after three months. Literally three months every single time. Every single time, it's insane. And it takes six months for YouTube a consistent. Uh, posting on YouTube consistently for the algorithm to actually promote you because they know that people give up after three months like that's that's pretty awful and another thing is like you know the the people that blow up really really big like we'll use um, uh, like Lil Nas X yeah um, he's still bigger um, uh, who's some Gucci gang I can't remember. Lil Pump. Oh, yeah. Lil Pump. Exactly. You don't remember Little his name. Something. Exactly. You don't remember his name. Yeah. He, they, they all blew up so fast, and then they're forgotten quickly. Yeah. So it's like what goes up must come down. So the faster the ball's thrown, the faster the ball's going to come down. It's always going to come down eventually, right? But if it has a slow in, incline, it's like an airplane. You know, if you go up and your engines go, go out in an airplane, you're high enough, you still got plenty of time to recover. You know, and then you can go back up once the engine has come off. But if you're just a ball, you go up, you're just coming down, and that's the end. Well, it's a it's this is a, a bad um, connection point, I think. But in the the Taylor Swift kind of thing, I think a lot of times people thought that she blew up, but it was amazing to be able to see her trajectory and how 
that that slow trajectory and then the domination mm -hmm. and then being able to stay in those realms yep. what do you say to the person that's on that ascend or that is in three months which I would suggest if a person works with you like shut up sit down <laughs> and allow Clayton to do your stuff like if I'm bringing in the best which you are the best in that industry I, I shut up I do what you tell me to do and and I ride the thing because I have so many times people are like I gotta have an ROI tomorrow well talk to me about the difference between brand building and ROI like sales tough because nowadays it's like everything's so oversaturated because everyone wants the next million views video you know so like Honestly, you're pretty much guaranteed to not get it if you don't stick with it. And that's that's really the the name of the game. Like you're not gonna get you on TikTok, well their whole strategy is that your first like twenty videos or something, they'll give you a, a, a post that blows up, you know, and it's like, Oh, I want more, I want more. <laughs> you know, so they're feeding into the dopamine rush. Yeah. And it's smart. That's why TikTok blew up because they're so if you look there's so many people that have over a million followers on TikTok, and it's like, and peop, those people will even say that it's even more impressive to have it on Instagram, because they'll have a million followers on TikTok, but 10, 20,000 on Instagram. You know, it's not even comparable, because Instagram's tough to even grow on. I don't know if I answered your question. Well, but it does. When we're talking about the difference between like sales and ROI, because that's where a lot of uh, people look, where they're like, you know, they'll, they'll jump into a, a realm and they'll think, you know, oh, I need to get this result as quickly as possible. And I always just caution people from that, right? In any type of business. But especially, like you were just saying that in the video side of it and in the production side of it, like what kind of real expect expectation can a person have? You shouldn't have any. The only way that you can have a realistic expectation is if you're paying to promote your posts. That's really the only expectation you can have. Because there's no way to say, like, oh, I have zero, I have 10 subscribers on YouTube, this video is gonna get a million views. Like, it's not. Like, it just is not going to. There's, every now and then, there'll be those videos that just pop off because it was posted at the right time, it's a trending topic. You know, they, they did everything correctly at the perfect time. And on YouTube, our, our, my biggest viewed videos that reached over a million views were always just super random. And even there's videos now that have been posted for, you know, six years and they just go up to a million views. You know, it's just, it's so docile. You don't know what's going to happen. Like you really don't. So, so when a person is producing, like when a person is producing. Well, at least on just social media. Obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, when a person is producing, let's say, you know, content of video, right. like I'm a content producer. I'm a yeah. con I need, you need more content. You need better. You know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> I if, I, if I say those words, the like, voice is perfect. you need content, you need authenticity, you need, and, but why, like, what's the difference between that, just producing a bunch of content, and truly what you do, I mean, I've seen you build brands. Like, I've seen you, I, I see what you're doing with the guys, with, uh, with Michael and Blake, and what you guys are doing is you're building something that is long-lasting, mm -hmm. you know? Is that the strategy when you go in? different every time nowadays it's so hard because you know like I said everyone's doing it and there's people that have you know a million dollar budget to spend on promoting one single post you know and it's hard to compete with that because you can't compete with it yeah if, unless you have unless, a million, you have unless you have a mill just to toss out into an Instagram post what about the things in the videos like the specifics like it blows my mind sometimes when a person will be on video right and they'll have the little mic that can be clipped onto you that's a lavalier and they're holding it like my dad used to hold something in the 70s mm -hmm. and they're holding it and talking into it yeah. and i just think wh why don't you just clip it on are there things like that from a, uh, a video production side that you look at and you say if you just seriously ch shifted the lighting like i had a guy come through his name is seth and it was amazing because i was always afraid of shadows on the face no, you should accept it. I was massively, I was so, so I would blow accept out. the tone, yeah. I would blow out every image 
of me. I would have the brightest lights right in my face, and I would have, like, you know, I just want to look the same on. And then right. he was like, no, if you have triangles on the side and it has a little shadow, and then he was like, yeah. you need to have a hair light, which we have a light that's sitting over the top of mm -hmm. us that makes us pop a little bit. And then your background light, too. Your backlight, which makes us pop even more. What I mean, but for you, what are some of those little tiny things that a person maybe that doesn't have a Clayton right now in their life that can do? I mean, literally just go get YouTube certified in anything. Like have a light, a podcast room. Boom, YouTube certified. Really? You're a pro. Yeah. That's what like if there's sometimes questions I don't have because granted, like I know a lot about a bunch of stuff, but it's like. You know, I still watch a couple YouTube videos every day on lighting. I watch a couple YouTube videos on like how to properly set up the acoustics to like deflect the audio best in like a weird room. You know what I mean? Just weird stuff like that. And then like setting up sets. I, I don't know. It's just interesting. I'm always trying to learn more, as everyone should. And if you're trying to go into the content world, it's like, why would you not learn more? You know? It's like, for example, you always thought that shadows were bad, but if you really think about it, that's so unnatural. Everything has shadows. Yeah. When you walk outside, there's shadows everywhere, <laughs> even at night. You know, there's moon shadows. Like, there's always, I don't know, you just gotta think of it from a natural perspective. And I think a lot of people try to make stuff look unnatural, but the best look is, like, what we have right now, the lighting looks really cool, you know? And, and a lot of people can't accept that. What about the, the permission that you give yourself to try over and over again? I go back to the, like the scootering or skateboarding where when you're trying a trick, you don't land it on the first time, right? Nowadays, most of the time. Really? But well, but you, that's because you Because I've fallen and broken a lot of times. times. Yeah. yeah. And, but most of the time, we only see a person landing the trick. Right. We don't see the 15 times, 20 times, 50 times that they try and do a 12 chip. I mess up stair. in almost every production. Really? Mm -hmm. There's something that I'm just like, oh, I should have done better. Like, I'm always really hard on myself of, uh -huh. of like, being so nitpicky. And it's always right when I roll. Like, right when the camera rolls, I'm like, mm. I'm like, I should have done this. I should have, like, angled this a little bit more, like, moved this. And then, so for the next one, I get even better because I have those mental notes of, all right, I didn't like this. How can I not do that the next time? How can you, how can you, uh, like utilize that without getting too hard on yourself because there are people that get so hard on themselves in the, right yeah. that they almost take themselves out of the game right and i've joked about it serious that you know my parents gave me one of the greatest uh, gifts in the world which was the permission to try absolutely you know? and yeah. just to be able to try fail suck call it though don't try and cover it right and i watch you and you iterate like yeah. you're constantly iterating you're constantly getting better at these things how could a person foster or build that muscle? Well, it's tough because, you know, 99% of the world is afraid to even try in the first place. So, like, to tell those people, oh, try this, they're already scared to even, even try in the first place. Um, but for the people that want to try and fail, I think it's just, um, I, honestly, I don't know. Because... I think, at least for me, it stems from action sports, you know? Yeah. You, you know, I, I break my collarbone on a trick, and it's, you no know, painful. I'm out for months. I come back, and my mindset is, I want to try that trick again and land it. Do you go at it first? Uh, like, right when I come back? Yeah. Um, the reason why is because I went once surfing. Once I'm, like, recovered enough, yeah. Well, I went surfing. I can't really call it surfing and splashing around in the water <laughs> and not catching waves. But I remember catching a wave. It was a very small one. It was reformed. That's impressive. It's it was better than what I've done. There we go. It was on the wave storm. Wave storm. Uh, you know, if you want to sponsor me, I'm here. Um, but I got up and I looked down and I swear to you, Clayton, my wingspan, which isn't that big, it's almost six foot. My wingspan, shark went right in front of me. No clear way. water, right across. Wingspan. Now. That's terrifying. It was it's like people's worst fear. It was a leopard shark. So you'd be fine. Well, they don't eat people. They just eat vegetation. They might, they might nibble. But it's just, it's a shark. It looks like a shark. It has yeah. a dorsal fin. It's a shark. It's a leopard shark. Right. I saw it, and I was like, I'm out. 
So I, I walked on. I felt like I was Jesus that day. I walked on the water. I got off, and I looked at the beach, and I looked out there, and I was like, if I don't go back in the water right now, I'm never going in again. Absolutely. And that's really that's yeah, that's a good point. But I you was, have to. I was freaked out though, man. And then I, I got home and I told everyone because I was like waiting for all the sympathy, and everyone was like, "Dude, it was a leopard shark. They don't do nothing." And I was like, "But you don't understand. I, that could that was jaws to me." I, how how do you how do you train yourself to go back at that thing? I think it's just being repetitive in it. You know, I've seen like some carnage at skate parks, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't phase me. I mean, at first it did, obviously. You know, I've seen people miss mega ramps, which is really brutal, like really brutal. And you watch that happen, and you know, then you're like, all right, well, my turn. <laughs> you know, you drop in and do your trick. You're jumping a drop into a six story rolling and hitting a forty foot gap after someone just uh, shattered their hand, broke their pelvis, and broke their back. You know, like that's the mindset you have to have. And I guess I've just been lucky enough over the years doing that. I think it just stems from doing something that's unnatural to your brain. I think that's what it comes down to, is whether it's like, it could even be like a really hard massage. It's like, this hurts, but I'm gonna go through it and persevere. You know, you just get through it. And then you do it again. You know, it's like stretching actually, that's a great thing. You know, it hurts at first, and you're like, I don't wanna do this. But you just sit through it, you relax, pain's gone. Is there any formulas to this this kind of stuff as far as the perseverance or the grit know. and stuff like I, that? The I reason why I say is because people will ask me about it, and for me, I, I don't really have a formula. It's just like continuing through or continuing through. I mean, I look back. I can reverse engineer it, look at you know some of the things. I mean, my, my pop was a tyrant when we were kids. You know, He put us against the car uh, when I was fourth grade, so I'm eight years old. My brother. Put you against the car like... So he like put he spank you or no? He put me against the car. Put my brother against the car. So I was maybe nine. My brother's maybe twelve. Puts us against his car. Stands right in front of his car. It's a '67 MGB GT. He steps back about maybe ten yards away from us with a, a regular size football. And at this time, so I'm nine. So he was probably thirty-one. Okay. Okay. Thirty-one year old man against yeah. a nine year old. That's pretty strong. Steps back about 10 yards, and he grabs the ball, and my, uh, my brother said that he wanted to play football. He said, I'll teach you how to play football. And he said, if you don't catch this ball when it touches my car, I will whip your ass. And he put me and my brother in front of the car and threw the ball as hard as he possibly could, and my brother caught everything. <laughs> now, I deflected everything. I had red arms at the end, but my brother was like, to this day, my brother can catch anything. Now, if someone asked me a formula, I, I can't tell them, like, put your kid against the car. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe the formula is drive. Hmm. How do you build it? How do you build that thing inside Clayton that says, I'm going to go do a gap that well, big? Because well, for you, it's like, how do you build drive? That's the thing. Is I don't know. I mean, if, if I know how to do it in myself, I do right. it. Uh, I do circumstantial um, uh, visualization. Uh, Have you ever heard of that? So it is stupid. It's really it stupid. Be. It's, it's not, not stupid. Well, when I say it's not, it, I said circumstantial visualization. That's a lot of syllables. Right? It is a lot. Of uh, it's a lot. <laughs> Say it. Say it real quick. Circumstantial. Circumstantial. Visualization. Yeah, no. Maybe we could write our next book. You and I together. We'll co-author it. Called Circumstantial Visualization. But we won't be able to go on tour because we can't say that. Say it fast. Circumstantial. Say it. <laughs> it doesn't come out. <laughs> it's not. But this, this is what I use when I need to accomplish something. So I, my, my wife had me do a... She didn't have me. She challenged me to do a marathon. And I said that I could. She said, no, you can't. And I said, I'll do it tomorrow. Because I, that's just, you know, me being stupid. And she That's said, also just who you are. And she said, I'll bet you um, a girl's weekend, all expenses paid, by you, against a guy's weekend, all expenses paid, by me, that you can't finish the uh, marathon. You can Dang. never do that. I said, it's on. So I didn't train at all. I Oof. ran two miles four times. I got socks the day of. I bought <laughs> shoes the night before. Didn't break them in. Got to the race. Here was my circumstantial visualization. My family and I are in the car. We're 13.1 miles outside of town. We break down. I have to walk 13.1 miles to get to gas and 13.1 miles back, 26.2 miles, or else my family dies. 
this is my circumstantial visualization when I started that race. And that's, you know what happened? That's going to make you finish. I did the 26.2. So it's not, for me, that's a simple process. Right. How, how do you do it? But I wouldn't say, no, let me do a disclaimer. Our book and our course that's coming out, Clayton, <laughs> circumstance, say it, say it with me. How to run a marathon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's easier to say, right? Circumstantial visualization. You got to say it with heart. Say it from your chest. Say it from your chest. Visualization. I don't even know what's a word. No, it is. I, I think. I don't know. Do you have a dictionary? I don't know. Maybe they can pop it up on the screen. I don't know. Can you all get to look it up? Is that a word? But with our course, I would not recommend that for anyone. I just, like when someone asks me, it's how I could get through it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, how, again, how do you do it? You're going for a gap like that, what'd you say, six-story drop, 40-foot gap. Was that, a, was that the right dimensions? Mm-hmm. Or did I, or did no, I right. fudge them? That yeah. was right? Yeah, that's right. Perfect? Mm-hmm. Spot I, on. I visualized it. You sure did. There we go. So if I'm going six stories down, mm-hmm. 40-foot gap, mm-hmm. in Clayton's head, what the hell are you thinking? Don't die. That's it. Yeah. Don't miss. Don't go left. Don't go right. Go straight. That's it. Yeah. And go fast. Are you excited or are you freaking Terrified. It's like base jumping for me. You're acting like I know what that like so what base, it feels like. I know what it is. No, so like so You act like everyone out there listen, is Listen, Kelly. I'm getting to it. I'm okay? not I'm not circumstantially visualizing this though. Sure. Help a brother out. You just said, Oh, listen. it's like jumping off a mountain with a parachute illegally. That's what you just said. No, it's and legal. It's in oh, some places. Some places. Some places. Okay. Where I go it's legal. Okay. But the, the the mindset before you go is like, all right, if I mess this up, I die, right? Like, that's literally... How often do you put yourself in these type of situations? Um, for a while, it's like every other day. Every other day? Mm-hmm. You put yourself in a situation where you could just, if it doesn't go well, you die. And, and base jumping, yeah. And skydiving is really safe. How do you come so back to normal life then? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people so this is seek weird. that thrill. So, I've... So, I started... My, my scare factor was getting pulled behind a four-wheeler on a skateboard deck, right? That was at, that was at 12. 12. That How was fast are you going? Um, it, the four-wheeler maxed out at 40, so 40. Wow. It was terrible. Terrible idea as children. Okay. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, so that's stuff. where we started, right? Okay. And that was what was fun. Uh-huh. Then it got to like, oh, how big of a jump can we make? Okay. All right. We're hitting 40-foot jumps on a snowboard. Okay, 15, right? That's where we're at. And then it's like I start traveling for scooters and start doing all this stuff. Then I start going to all the Nitro World Games and doing stuff on the Nitro Circus ramp. And then it gets to, you know, that's like here. That's like as big as it gets in action sports. Yeah. At least at least on like normal wheeled stuff because dirt bike dudes are hitting 120-foot gaps doing flips for fun. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. But so then it's like, I got to this this point where it's like, okay, well, what's next, right? So then I start skydiving, and then skydiving isn't scary anymore. So then I go to base jumping, and then I'm like, oh, I can put scooters and base jumping together. And so scooters and base jumping? Yeah, I rode off a bridge and did a backflip on my scooter, and then pulled the parachute. How big was the bridge? It's like 490 feet. Where? In Twin Falls, Idaho. Was this legal? Yeah. It was legal to ride your scooter off a bridge. Yeah, 120 feet. Mm-hmm. You sure? You're more than ninety. You were just moving your jaw a little bit, like you no. Were, so like it wasn't so, all the, way uh, the Prime Bridge is the only legal bridge in the United States for scooter base jumping. To base jump off of, yeah. Have other people scooter base jumped, or did you make that? No, I made it up. You made it up. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna, I'm planning something else, but I'm not gonna say. You won't say? Uh-uh. Even just a little bit? Uh-uh. Just a little preview? Mm-mm. Is it gonna freak you out? It's gonna freak you, you out. You jump it off the moon? I mean, it's gonna scare my mom for sure, but. What does your mom say to you? Does she call you and be like, Clayton, just they're, don't do it? They're accept- they know that I'm not doing anything out. Like, I'm not doing something stupid. Like, I'm not climbing. Oh, oh. Uh, going on a scooter Listen. with a parachute on your back off that's a 490 dumb. foot. Listen, that's dumb. But okay. Yes. But, like, my other stuff is, like, I jump safe safe objects, you know. So I, what's a safe object to jump? It's like, you know, it when you jump and your parachute opens up backwards, you still have plenty of time to, like, recover. And How far the off the thing are you talking about though? Because you said that this is safe. I mean, it's not safe, but safer. Safer. Safer than what? Like sh- shooting yourself? 
That's a guarantee, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is this thing that you jump off that you said? It's just, it's just the, it, it like depends on the. Do object. you do uh, the towers? Mm-hmm. You do the towers. What's, I, the, what's I don't the tallest like tower that you've ever done? Um, so I've only done one. It was in Dallas, and I almost died. And then I took a little break for a little bit. How long? Um, a little bit. It's like like eight months. Okay. Yeah, and then I I've kind of started dabbling back in. Talk to me about my the, girlfriend hates it, which is fair. Of course. So. Talk to me about the nitro uh, nitro circus stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when how'd you get connected with it, and what was the so I. Mean, I so I was like one of the top. I guess I still am like one of the top people in You're the sport. You're super humble. I, I you are I, the I top. Okay. Not the top. Ryan Blaine scooter, was the top. Scooter, scootering. Yeah, what is it called? Is it scootering? Uh, scooter riding, scootering. Do you call it scootering? Yeah. When you say when someone says it, do you say I scooter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's scooters. the proper verb is I scooter, mm-hmm. not I ride scooters. I. Sc- Either way, it's like I, I skate, I skateboard, I ride skateboards. Okay. It's the same. So give me same give me all the past tense and everything I got <laughs> with it, the verbs. All the right pronouns. I scooter. <laughs> I scooter. Yeah. I ride a scooter. I, I scoot. I scooter. You say I scoot. No. I Does anyone say that? Um, only people that don't scooter. Okay. Yeah. Like I scoot. It's like a derogatory term. It would be. Yeah. Oh, you scooting man? Or like you're a oh you're a scooterer. That, yeah, that's it doesn't the, even make sense in the first place. Oh, doesn't. you're a skater? Like, it doesn't make sense. But the scooter has an ER on it, and then you're trying to... Then you add to, an ER to that. So what would you say? Are you a scooter? You are a scooter rider. Scooter rider. Yeah. I just want to help this out because I don't want to be that guy. That's oh, like, but I see what oh, you mean now. Because it'd buddy. be like, I'm a skateboarder, but then people are like, oh, you're a scooterer. So, but that would get me in the, in the nitro circus world... That would get me like the guy, like he don't know what he's talking about. Because I want him to hang. I want him down. I want to be down though. So I, mean, I shouldn't roll scooters, in. I shouldn't roll in and be like, I scoot too. You yeah. shouldn't say that. You can. You shouldn't. You I can see by your face and your body language that you're saying don't. Do I'm that. pissed. Okay. I'm no, angry. I'm just saying that you're passing judgment. I can feel the judgment. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how did how did the nitro circus part? Because um, most people see a scooter, like we talked about, and. They don't think, wow, one of the most elite athletes in the world. Unless you're in action sports. Then it's like, it's, I mean, people are trying quadruple backflips. Quadruple? Yeah. What's the crazy? My friend Barzy tried it and, like, messed himself up, but he's trying it. What's the craziest trick that you can do right now? Um, Or that you've accomplished? It's called the Tornado Plan. What is that? So, it was on the Mega Ramp Porter Pipe. Like okay. the X Games Mega. How big is the X Games? It's twenty eight. the The quarter pipe is twenty eight and a half feet tall, so it's like three stories tall. Holy and I did God. a I did a front flip, ninety, landed on one foot and then front flip back into the quarter pipe. So it's called the tornado plan. So when I'm you, from Tornado Alley, and then I like doing spins, so everyone calls me the tornado. That's your moniker, mm-hmm. the tornado. Yes. How do they like shorten that? Little NATO. Little NATO. It is? <laughs> no. It is? No, there was a video. Oh, we made I thought you really had. And we did like a. a little. Yeah, we did like a little rap okay. thing. I can't rap, but yeah, my, 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 my joke. NATO? Yeah, it was so stupid, but. Yeah, you can call me that. Okay, I can call you NATO. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty dope. <laughs> I think NATO would be cool. That's dope. If you did little NATO no. and you had like a chain, I just don't know. I'm too, I'm too red, bro. Yeah. I'm I too sunburned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear a chain. So what's the pinnacle? You said who's the guy? Who's the his name's Ryan Williams. He's Ryan like, Williams. He's the guy. He he wins every gold medal in BMX. Okay. He's done a bunch of stuff on mountain bikes. Yeah. Um, and then he's like top scooter guy, but he's like the baby of Nitro Circus. He's number when, one. When when did you compete last? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, it was actually right before COVID. Do you still compete now? No, not really. No. Because wow. I just burnt out. Burnt out. Because I went from... There was too much it, scooting? Well, yeah. It's like my business was ran off of it. All my friends did it. Every uh-huh. time I would travel, I scootered. You know what I mean? And okay. then all my conversations with all my friends were scooter. And then everything I'm doing for work is scooter. And then everything on my Instagram is scooter. Mm. So after, you know, 10 years of running that... Or 
seven years of doing that business, but then ten years of being a professional rider, it's just like it's just too much. What I love about you, one of these things that I noticed the other day, and I didn't get a chance to compliment you on it, is you're willing really to... Really boosting my ego with this podcast. Well, <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm setting you up. You know what I mean? Later on, I'm going to be like, you're a piece of... You um, but the other day when we were talking, like you have this ability to allow yourself to move on from something, even if you're great at it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not normal, because most people stay in it too long. Yeah. Like, I love the Seinfeld thought, like... You know what I'm saying? George Costanza. Say one joke, they laugh, I'm out. Right. <laughs> you know? Or end the way the Seinfeld did on the top and then yeah. leave them wanting more. Is this something conscious that you do or is it just because you just get bored? Um, I guess from like what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, I like doing different things. Yeah. Granted, I was doing different things, you know? like, And I was living a like, really cool lifestyle. But doesn't pay that well being in action sports you know so um and i was already doing a lot of media stuff so when COVID happened that also means competition stopped Mm. and that also means that the industry has kind of took a hit in like 2021 after COVID because they all overstocked in every action sport world so everyone like cut people's pay and i was like you know what i can't live like this you know i'm I'm, I'm getting older. I have a skill set that I can go out and use. And right now is kind of the perfect time to go out and do it. So it's funny. I've, I've only been doing freelance like full time for a year now. Really? Yeah, for like a year and two months. What are some of the principles that have transcended that you've taken from like action sports and things like that that transcend? Because I always, for me, I always look at the principles. Um, I think a lot of times people look at the, uh, you know, circumstantial systems there's that circumstance thing again they look at okay well what do i do in this particular situation they focus so hard on it as opposed to saying what's the what's the principle in it so let me give you an example if you're going to build any business right so first you get in line what like the reason why you started in the first place right so you do that second you develop your leadership right right? third you develop the culture, which is developed by the leadership. Yeah. And then fourth, the, the culture, which is the set of beliefs that the people act in and that I think they're actually doing, spit out a bunch of data that says, here's the, all the things we screwed up on, and then you write them down and it becomes a system. So for me, principle-based, when you're going through, you can use those in any business that you go through. What are some of the things from your early stages or jumping off bridges with scooters and, uh, you know, backpack or uh, parachute, what are some of the principles that you were able to say, okay, I just shift and then I apply them? Because I've seen you be consistently successful in every single thing that you've touched. Not because it's just the Midas touch, because you keep working hard at it. But yeah. what are the principles? Um, I think it it's two things. It's focus, mm-hmm. just putting your attention onto one thing. And I, you know, if I don't, I don't know, school is hard for me because I couldn't focus on it because I didn't care about it, you know? So that's one thing I did not, I was not successful in. Had a, yeah, no, it was bad. How but was your grade? I was like, a, I had like a 1.6 GPA. Yes, dude, you gotta work hard to get a 1.6. I, like, you gotta be focused. That, I mean, it's focus. Yeah. Because you gotta be focused. Focus. You gotta well, because I just wanted to go have fun. Yeah. I was like, why am I learning history right now? Like, I don't care about this, you know? But, um, but I, I think it comes down to focus and another maybe comparable, like, equally would be to not be scared. Like, you just got to trust your gut and just do it. And that's what I've really, I guess, learned a lot from action sports is, like, when when you're going to do it, like, you just got to commit and do it. Because if you don't commit, you're going to get hurt in action sports. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, if I'm running off a cliff and I hesitate, I die, right? Quite literally. Or if, like, you go for a trick down a stair set and you hesitate a little bit, you'll fall down the staircase, right? It's like, whatever you do, just commit to it. Whether whether it's going to have a great outcome or a bad outcome, just <laughs> send it, you know? And, and that's, I guess, kind of what I've learned. And I've just kind of gone with the flow with that. And it just seems to work itself out. It's almost like the, the universe wants, is putting me in the position where I want to be because there's this weird thing. I don't know what it is, but 
um, even when I was running Undialed, it or running it full time, it's still a company, but um, we have pe- like people running it now. But it's um, it's funny because actually I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Running the uh, when you're running Undialed, um, so you because you were talking about focus and connection point like connection point with it when you hesitate it doesn't work out and you seem to that you said the universe it, oh you yeah know, you sorry yeah okay yeah. sorry um my scatterbrain's kicking that's in. okay so and the celsius is kicking in. it's a good one it is a good one. i can't believe that you ordered the celsius you were sitting here in the studio you're producing the I'll last episode you order this is the crazy thing about technology and what i love is you normally in just normal you're like yeah i ordered a celsius and a snickers and then it just <laughs> showed up at the house for me, like, this is what I'm talking about, blowing my mind technology, and there's so many things out there that can make your life so much easier. I know. Although, the tough part is, is sometimes technology makes it so easy. Like, uh, I saw a guy, um, Chef Chang, I don't know if you saw this episode of him, but he, uh, he was traveling all over the world, and he went to a golf place, and they said the sweet spot on the golf club is like, almost the size of a 50 cent piece now. It used to be the size of like, you know, I mean, almost like here. Oh, And yeah. he said, the guy who was, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, teaching him how to golf with it, he was all excited about it. And Chang, what he said, he said, doesn't that make people worse? And the guy was like, no, it makes it better because you have a larger sweet spot, you can hit it. He said, but doesn't it cause people not to work as hard to be able to hit the That's sweet so spot? That's so true. And yeah. it blew my mind, right? So when I was thinking about that with you, there's technology that you can use, right? But there's nothing that can stand in front of, like if you want to base jump, you got to base jump. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to send it. You, you got to commit to it. You yeah. got to commit to it. You can't, and the same way in business, the same way in all these things. It can't be half-assed. Like you got to, you got to go. You got to go. How does that translate to relationships, though? I think the same way. It does. You know, like if you're dating a girl. But and do you go super intense, like full court press, then? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. I guess that's fair. You know that you can't guy. Be too much. Well, you know yeah. that dude that like a girl talks to him and he's like, ah, he just like corners yeah. her. And I mean, how do you how do you temper it? Because you're a send it guy. You're like, hell, if we're going, we're jumping off the cliff with right. a scooter and throwing the parachute out. I guess it comes down to just intelligence of when and when not to do it. Circumstantial. Circum- visualization circumstantial emotional intelligence bam next book <laughs> next book <laughs> hey trade number one bestseller yeah. for sure <laughs> say that again though say that again uh circumstantial relationship uh i forgot what i said okay cool one. so that's when we do our our ted talk together then we'll do it we'll bounce off and just love circumstantial what'd you it. say circumstantial emotional intelligence intelligence we gotta add some more words uh authenticity Ooh. in there yeah just authentic <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to cut that part this out. is bad yeah. anyways okay um okay let me finish what i was saying a minute no. ago because this <laughs> i'm just joking all right i'm leaving no um but but something that's weird is like I think also if, if you're putting yourself into the right place uh-huh. and you're doing something that is positively and like impacting the world, yeah, I think it's going to just kind of work itself out and you got to just fight through it, right? Because every time that when we were running on dial, because you know, we were traveling a lot, spending our money on, on rent, blah, 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 and, and like food and more plane tickets, every time we'd be like, oh my gosh, we're not going to make rent this month. Something would happen. It's like we would get a check, boom, then the next day, you know? And I think it's because we were doing something that was helping other people grow their networks. Because that's what, that's a big part of what Undialed was, is helping kids in, and I'm being serious about these countries, Kazakhstan, Iraq, India, um, and then now some of the guys that we promoted on our account are the number one riders in the world and the most followed, um, like, Contest wise, uh-huh. and we pushed them and promoted them through our Instagram account on Dialed. Wow. Yeah. Our hashtag is, uh, has 1.1 million uses on it. Holy and we started wow. it at uh, less than 100. Really? Yeah. It's like a cult. It's crazy. <laughs> people, people have undialed tattoos right here on their wrist. Really? It's insane. Do you give a, like an incentive for that? No. High five. 
High five. Yeah, I got it though. You got one you on know? that? Yeah, it's a good incentive. Gangsta. I have a whole uh, uh, album on my phone of just crazy stuff. Really? Of all the all the crazy tattoos people have gotten of our logo. So outside, you know the reason why I started the podcast is because of my uh, two kids. And mm-hmm. when, I, I said, when I said this with Michael and Blake, it isn't just about my kids. because I, And I want people to understand that. For me it is, but it could be about their children, right? Yeah. So I want them to watch these podcasts with their kids or even have their kids watch them. Things like that because... The Clayton Lindley's of the world, a lot of times, number one is untouchable. To be able to have you in the studio is unbelievable, man. Um, but to have one of the top athletes in his field, to be able to sit down across from him, this doesn't happen that often. Um, but so when I say that, I want this to be a master class. I wanted it to be a master class for, for the next generation, um, namely Maddox and McKenna. Maddox what? is 12, McKenna's uh, we'll 13. Have a minute, Kelly. You ha- you'll have longer. Uh, only uh, Michael took two minutes. Blake was like 30 seconds that he made up for it. Um, but I didn't want them to worship idols. I didn't want my son, when he rides a scooter, to look at you and be like, oh my gosh, like he's the, right. he's a god. He's I just person. wanted to be him to be inspired by you. Yeah. What advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both their names, that would be awesome. Maddox and McKenna. Great names, by the way. Thank you. Great names. My wife picked Great them names. both. Wife picked them both. I was mad when my uh, my wife chose Maddox. Pretty cool. It is really really cool. But I, I, was, I can't think of a, a way that he'd get bullied for that name. It's it's an amazing name, and it's him. Like when you look at him, that's who he is. That's awesome. It's yeah. incredible. That's cool. And he's got your hair. Yeah, he's got his <laughs> hair, man. He's got warrior hair. He's this is shaved off on the side, and he got the dreads on the top. And his looks a lot. Oh, does he? Yeah, oh, that's he's cool. gangster. That's like cool. a little like a little Viking. <laughs> He's got the Viking blood. Yeah, in yeah. But what I would say is Maddox um, and McKenna. Use their names, Peyton. Come on. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Maddox and McKenna. You what I would already? say to Maddox and McKenna, <laughs> Maddox and McKenna, is I, I think to be your own authentic self. No. And visualize. And visualize. The circumstantial. Emotional, emotional intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> but um, Maddox and McKenna. I think the number one thing that you can do is no matter what you do, in life, go full force, whether, well, you would, I would hope you would think it's a great idea, but whatever, whatever you want to do, and really for anyone, like, just do it, you know, it's like the people that say, oh, you know, one day I'm going to travel, one day I'll start a business, one day I'll move out of my hometown, it's like, why are you just not doing it, you're going to say it for years, or like, give yourself a date of when to do it, so that's my advice. You have anything? Put a date on it. Bam. And I, th- I think it's cool to, to hear you say send it. Like everything, what, and every person out there listening or watching too, and even myself when I when you said it, every single thing that I've just dove into. Not to say it all turns out exactly the way, right. but you yeah. you you win, you learn. Um, you know, it it happens. It's part of life. But you you learn that great lesson when you go all in, when you go half. My, my dad asked me one time, my pop, uh, was like, have you ever seen a half-pregnant woman? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you're either pregnant or you're not. And in hearing that from you, you know, sending it or going all in, man, it just, it's unbelievable to, to hear it and to, um, you know, the simplicity of it and the circumstantial, emotional intelligence that you have is just uncanny. Thank you. That was a lot of words. It was. That was. That was. That was good. Now that is a novel in itself. I should actually get a degree because I said all those words in, <laughs> in succession. I agree. So, how can a person get in touch with you? Um, Instagram. Yeah. Which one are they going for? Just my Clayton Lindley account. Okay. I like. I always read my DMs. I'm honestly always. I check my DMs multiple times a day because I'm interested. I think it's ridiculous if someone that has under a million followers doesn't respond to their DMs. Because they see it. They always do. Like, guaranteed they see your DM. Look into the camera here and tell the people how they can get in touch with, whether it be you or a person that will take their video production to another level. Like, how, how would we find someone? You know, obviously, everyone in the world, I think, should just call you. I think everyone, but if, if you can't call me, I think you should do it yourself. Like, you might as well. If it's your production, you're the one that cares about it the most. And a 
lot of people are like I'll be honest. I've worked a lot with a lot of people in L.A. and a lot of people are not good. I'd say like seventy percent are just not good. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What's the difference? Which is like really rude to say, but it's like. What's the difference between being good and not being good in your industry? It's like it's just the little things. You take a extremely overexposed photo for all the photos. All the everything's out of focus. You know what I mean? It's like the little stuff, and you can't do that. Or like set up a camera to be straight, but instead they make it crooked and out of focus. It's like, why are you doing this? Do but I think it's because they don't love it. Mm. They're doing it because they think, especially in LA, it's like, oh, I'm this is the movie mecca, right? So I have to do movies. I have to do photography. I have to do this. Have to do that. It's like, no, you don't. I think that's a big thing too. Is a lot of people don't do what they care about. What? Because they're maybe scared what people will say. But it's like nowadays, no one cares. What business couldn't use great video production? Um, what industry? Can't think of one. That couldn't use it. They couldn't use good video production. <laughs> I, I really can't. Yeah. Um, maybe an ant farm business. But I mean, you can make a really dope ant video. So if you have an ant farm video or company, and you're out there, I want you to get with Clayton because I want to I'll do say it. That, sounds that fun. it came from this podcast. We talked about it. We spoke it into existence, and you committed to it. But you know, one thing I have, I have one standard. Working with someone. Working with someone. What is that? And it's small but huge. What's that? You have to be making a positive impact on the on the world. So you mean you mean to say if a company came to you and was like, look, yeah, 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 whatever. Like you know when yeah people yeah 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 you yeah 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 okay that's cute, impacting the world, doing a good thing. But Clayton, I need you to put that to the side. We ain't trying to do that. This is what we're doing. You're just gonna say no? Mm-hmm. How quickly? fast also it's like if i'm not interested in it and what i'm interested in is making things that are going to help people in some form or fashion you know or they're making just a great quality product that's unlike anything else and they're not like they're hand making it like that's awesome you know i mean they're bringing value to the world too i guess it's like positivity and value Mm. if you're not bringing that it's like why am i gonna work with you you order everything from china and you booked it in two seconds like you know what I mean? Like the world needs more Claytons. Well, because it's it's like what's the point of, especially nowadays? Like you're just gonna be like every other cookie cutter business that is out there right now, and there's so many. So if you're not making a positive a positive impact and bringing value, it's like, why are you in business? Well, it's refreshing to hear it because there are like we we go back and we kind of end where we've started. Is you know you talked about the um, the red curtain. And then the neon sign behind you, mm-hmm. and everyone looking the same, and thinking that because that thing worked for them, no, be inspired by it. Right, but inspiration is fine. Yeah, but copying copy is not. It. Yeah, and that I just think it's incredible that way. That was uh, I think that was my alarm for circumstantial visualization. To end the podcast. Let's take a let's take a second and just visualize circumstantially how great things could be. Do you we are great. Do Being here it? with you is great, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for being on the show. Of course, man. Man. Well, and, and I want to uh, let the uh, listeners and viewers know that we had a conversation the other day, and I was just like, hey, man, uh, I'd love to be able to have you on a podcast. Last and week. You made it happen. You made it happen. And I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, being able to spend time with uh, someone of your caliber, is it, it means the world to me, man. And it, it really inspires me because you continue to do, like, I think more than anything that you'll ever say, it's the things that you are doing and we get to watch and say, like, that's po- like that's possible. Not that I'm going to go out and jump off a bridge tomorrow. Um, Good. But the fa- well, Safely. I don't know, man. Bridge is pretty safe. Bridge is safe. I, don't bungee jump, though. It's more okay. dangerous. More dangerous than jumping off with a parachute. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. These are strong guarantees. There's a guarantee. It's a promise, Kelly. Okay. So there's a disclaimer because <laughs> actually maybe don't. I don't want this promise to. <laughs> but I, I just think I think it's really cool that uh, you know we talked about it a week ago and now we're sitting here, uh, sitting in the studio. It's been uh, the amazing. new studio. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome, fun, man. And 
it's, it's been incredible. It's a shout out to my uh, friend Craig Gottlieb, who's the um, World War II expert on Pawn Stars, and he's in oh. the men's group. And uh, we just, you know, we spend time together every week. And he said, uh, you know, he's an action dude. And he's like, when you when you want to do it? And I said, well, I'm thinking about doing the studio and showed it to him. And he's like, you tell me when to go. And I remember calling him like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I'm ready. And I swear, he was like, all right. And the next morning, woman was here tearing this stuff out and putting this stuff up. And I'm like, I, I just said I was ready. I didn't know where he was going. <laughs> I wasn't ready, ready. But it's amazing to be able to see that. And also, too, I want to compliment you on the fact that like your action and you pushing forward, you do it in a way where there's not any judgment. Like when I'm around you, I don't feel like because I'm not sending it in that area. Unless that you face Keith, you're judged. Yeah, I heard, I felt the, I felt <laughs> the guys in the studio too. Michael's producing this right now. And when I said scoot, you changed. My, you were my like, fist clenched. Yeah, you were like, don't you say that. But you come across with it with uh, with no judgment at all, which I think is awesome. Never. Except with the scoot part. So on that note, that's where, where you cross the line. <laughs> I want to uh, thank everybody out there listening, everybody out there watching, and and especially the people who share this. Um, share it with someone who, uh, not that they're going to jump off a bridge, mom, dad, uh, but that can look at life from a side of if you're going to do it, do it 100 percent, or honestly, just don't do it at all. Way to live. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. You're officially off the hot seat. We can push that button right there. And it says finish and then we'll Peace. Finish.